Hello, everyone, and welcome to Get Can Lit, a podcast that showcases Canadian authors. I'm your host, Maria Zupardi, an avid Can Lit reader, and keep on listening to find your next favorite book today. Hello, 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 everybody. So uh, I read two books uh, for spooky season. So I know some people kind of bring spooky season into November, December, sometimes even January, February, maybe your spooky season all year long, which it's totally fabulous. I am all for that. (laughs) I love a good thriller, mystery, horror kind of reading binge. Um, So here are two books by Canadian authors that you maybe one of them you can add to your TBR, the other one not so much. (laughs) (laughs) But we will get into that shortly, not to worry. Um, Remember that episode where I listed out all the books I wanted to read and then the books that I recommended, but I'm like, I want to read as many of these as I can. Yeah, I only read like one of them, which is the original book that I had on my Canlet TBR. But you know what? It's fine. Things happen. Memoirs from celebrities like Britney Spears come out, and that's you know you just gotta you gotta go with the mood sometimes. So, but I did do great. I think I did have these two books that I wanted to talk about. So let me just get right into it. Um, I think I'll start with the good, and then we'll just go downhill from there. So, everyone here is lying by Shari Lapena. I think that's how you say it. Uh, She's the author of The Couple Next Door, which I haven't read. This is the first book I read from her. Let me tell you a bit about the book. So basically, it is a city or a town setting. It's set in a neighborhood, which can be any neighborhood in North America, pretty much. (laughs) Um, But it is basically we have a family, uh, a father, a mother, uh, and two kids, a an older sibling is the brother and then the youngest one which is the girl um it's brought up repeatedly throughout this novel that the girl has like adhd she's uh she's tends to lie and all that stuff so i feel like there's a lot of clues left in this book that lead up to the ending but anyways about the book (laughs) um so basically the father uh his name is william he's having an affair and it ends suddenly uh, one day he's a doctor or a, he's he works out of the hospital. He's probably a surgeon or a doctor, obviously. Um, and he so he's having an affair with a woman in the same neighborhood, literally on the same street, because uh, it's like a long ass street in this neighborhood. And he so he gets home early and his daughter is there. They get into an argument. He hits her he leaves and then she goes missing like nobody can find her nobody knows what happened to her the cops are called in obviously detectives um and it's just this whole family drama of like uh obviously the like the father's getting found out about cheating and is that an angle was that a motive everybody's lying literally it says it in the title but we see these characters (laughs) lie repeatedly um and it was really really good it was such a great introduction for me to shari's work um up until about page 200 <laughs> and then after that we go in this whole different angle of the book like also if you don't want spoilers on this book just kind of skip ahead to um further in the episode so we find out that the girl 
chose because she was so angry at her father for hitting her rightfully so um as kind of like a get back uh she goes to like a neighbor's house who she's been secretly meeting with uh for the whole summer (laughs) and she's basically like hiding out she's like this nine-year-old snot-nosed little brat telling this like older woman who has a maddeningly soul-crushing crush (laughs) love i guess for this girl's father what's this girl's name avery yes avery avery goes to this woman's house who has a huge ass crush on avery's father at the hospital but this woman knows that he's cheating on the wife and she's like all jealous and shit so it started out with when this when avery went to this woman's house that like i'm just gonna hide out here for a couple days make my dad feel totally terrible about everything and maybe he'll get blamed for stuff or whatever like whatever's in her nine-year-old brain but then it does turn out that the woman has no intentions of letting avery go because like she's been doing her own like side stuff and causing shit and lying (laughs) and it's just anyways it was a mess and I don't know if I'm all for this like evil child angle when we don't see the child being evil throughout the whole book it just makes it feel so disjointed like just something that's supposed to shock you but it's just like so left field or it comes out of nowhere almost that like you just you don't know how to react so that's why I think like it was good really great up until page 200 which is when it was revealed that the girl was like safe and she wanted to be hidden away. (laughs) Um, But then, yeah, like it's just the whole evil childing. Like their first novels are really, really great. And then it just kind of like slowly, slowly, slowly just like goes downhill from there. Uh, Because again, like there's less editorial attention. It's more of a marketing thing, whatever. So I think that for the next book I read by this author, because again, I really do want to read it. The writing is good. It's just like I wasn't a fan of the ending. Um, I'm going to start with like one of her earlier novels, maybe her debut, because I feel like that would be a much better book to read, or at least I'm hoping so. Like we don't have that full story going in besides like we're seeing Avery from her parents' eyes and how, you know, she has ADHD, lies, like I said before, all that stuff. So um, I'm not mad at it. I'm just a little disappointed. But other than that, <laughs> I recommend. So again, that was Everyone Here is Lying by Shari LaPena. Uh, I think people have told me that The Couple Next Door was their favorite or maybe one other. I can't remember the title of it. Do they have a list of her books in here? Uh, oh, Yeah. I have, oh, actually, I do have, I think it is an unwanted guest on my TBR. But yeah, then The Couple Next Door was her debut, and then A Stranger in the House. I think that's the one people said they really loved a lot. If you are here for the horror, spooky vibes, any time of the year, um, you might like that outside of Halloween. I read Hemlock Island by Kelly Armstrong, and I will say it is very spooky. I was literally <laughs> terrified um yeah uh so this one (laughs) this book is about uh a woman called Delaney who married a rich guy and he gifted her this island so now they divorce because of like pandemic and you know probably like an Ariana Grande situation they just realized that they didn't work out in marriage right now so they're just divorcing so in the divorce she gets the island Uh, But obviously, she's not rich. (laughs) Like, she has to keep it up somehow. So she rents it out to people. 
on top of that, her sister died, so she is now taking care of her niece, uh, who lives with her full time. And so that's why she also rents the island because she needs money. Like it's just an expense. She has a lot of expenses. She's got a kid to raise, not a kid, but like a teenager to raise and all that stuff. So the problem is that the people have been staying at the island. They've been reporting some weird ass shit. Like uh, what does this say here? There have been broken belongings, campfires that have nearly burned down the house. <laughs> um which is now ex escalated to like bloody bones, hex circles, like real witchery ass stuff that is just, I can't. <laughs> it, yeah. Uh, there's been like blood and nail marks in a closet that was found, which led a guest, a group of guests, like a doctor's family, to like leave the island and call her and say, like, what the fuck, basically. So she goes to investigate. So she takes her niece with her. And right before, because it's an isolated island, like there's no service or anything. And right before they take a boat to go to the island, uh, her ex-husband and his sister uh, meet meet them there. And they're like, we're going to come with you kind of thing. But also the sister and Lainey are friends. Uh, they, like they were all high school friends. So it's all like very happy. They had a They had a good divorce. So it's not like she hated him being there or anything. And then the problems start, obviously, and tensions rise. There's a couple of other people who join on the island randomly. Uh, it's just, it was a lot. <laughs> uh, but anyways, like I did mention, the horror aspect, the witchy, uh, possessed, I want to say, aspect is really well done. Uh, I, I really did enjoy that. I was terrified, but it was cool. The thing is, uh, the writing was a little bit annoying. <laughs> there was a lot of dialogue in this book, which is just, it just seemed so blah. Like, I wasn't too crazy about the characters. I didn't care for their situations. And when the big reveal happened of uh, why these other two people had joined, uh, like, their, like the how they all connect these characters, I'm just like, I don't care about this at all. <laughs> Um, it was sad, but like I just I at that point I did not care. And then the thing that I get, maybe it's just me with like authors and white authors writing BIPOC characters and just I don't know, I feel like sometimes it seems obvious that an author writes like uh Kit, is that the husband's name? The the ex-husband? Let me see here. Yeah, so Kit is Kit and his sister Jayla, like they're black. Uh, there was something else. Oh, it was like a, oh my God, the way that this island was explained at the, at the ending with like the, oh God, like not, not a phantom, <laughs> but like with the spirit that was obviously haunting the island. Uh, that's a spoiler. Sorry. It's just like, it was very much, it seemed to me that it was very much touching on uh, like, cause the, 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 uh, like it was like indigenous to the island kind of thing. So it was like my island, like it just seemed very obvious of like mirroring indigenous issues with like obviously Canada and the land. And we all know about that. So I just felt like as a white author, it's not your place to like, like, I don't know, just to like turn it into something horror. It's just like, I don't know. It just seemed weird to me. So I think that's at the end. It's just like what really annoyed me the most. It's like 
it just seemed so obvious that you were just that Kelly Armstrong may have just been writing um like BIPOC characters just like for the sake of it to have it in the book you know I don't know maybe I just get weird about that sometimes but it just seemed it just wasn't it's not my favorite thing to read when it's like a white author. Uh, so yeah, that's why I didn't. I mean, besides that, obviously, just the dialogue and the writing itself, like the the spooky, scary, terrifying scenes. Like, yes, those were written really well. Um, like they definitely conveyed the emotion that uh, you were supposed to feel when you were reading those sections, which was fear. <laughs> but other than that, than that, again, like the the dialogue the just the situation like the plot I'm just like I didn't care for it um so yeah if you do want to read the book for the vibes and if you do want to be spooked then Hemlock Island by Kelly Armstrong is a good recommendation maybe don't buy it because it's hardcover and very expensive <laughs> so maybe just borrow it from your library or like maybe you have a net galley widget um somewhere and you didn't know that so you can just go read it <laughs> yeah but when authors yeah it's just like add in BIPOC characters kind of like Nita Prose is the maid like I felt like that was like forced diversity maybe that's the words I'm looking for forced diversity that's how it felt with um Hemlock Island so it was just a bit of a letdown in that sense but yeah um that's it yeah that was two books so I feel like that was a downer <laughs> All right, that are those are the two books that I read for spooky season that you can add to your TBR or not. <laughs> Proceed with caution for especially Hemlock Island. I know I pulled books out of the Canlit TBR jar last week or last episode. Um, clearly, I haven't talked about it yet, <laughs> so I have not read those books, but I see that I have a lot of unread Canadian neck alley books on my neck alley. So I'm just trying to like get that kind of going, um, trying to get my review percentage up because we know that it's important for others. But I feel like sometimes with companies, as long as they see that you wrote a recent review, uh, then they'll approve you. At least that's how I work off of neck alley. <laughs> when I'm approving requests um but yeah but right now I am reading The Definition of Beautiful a Memoir by Charlotte Bellows I have no idea why I requested this on NetGalley it is kind of depressing uh it's a memoir from definitely okay so it's like a coming-of-age memoir kind of of this woman Charlotte Bellows recovering from an eating disorder anorexia so it's really heavy but it reads quickly. It's published by Freehand Books. So I feel like this book is like the kind of resource that libraries and booksellers would have on hand uh, for like uh, parents. But even though like it's at a teen level for like kids, uh, for teenagers to read. Uh, but it seems good. I mean, I'm interested. It's a quick read. So that's what I love about it. <laughs> so I've got that. Uh, let me see what else is on my neck alley. Oh, I bought. This is terrible. <laughs> I uh, let me hold on. I need to. The books are far from me. All right. So on my neck alley, but I bought it uh, in person <laughs> because I just I don't know. I felt like owning these books. Um, I have Carrie Claire's Asking for a Friend. 
uh, which is in this poignant and sweeping novel from the author of Waiting for a Star to Fall, two women, best friends, must learn how to navigate life, love, and their ever-evolving friendship. I feel like Harry Claire is a cool person in Canlit, so I'm like, you know what, let me just buy the book. Who cares? Uh, but I also have it as a neck alley widget. And then I also bought, I don't know why I bought this book, because I didn't really like <laughs> the first novel. But honestly, it's a pretty book. Uh, the Whispers by Ashley O'Drain. I feel like I'm the last person in the world to, to read this, uh, but it's fine. And I'm hoping this book is much better than The Push. Uh, so yeah, but I also have a Netgalley widget for it. The thing is, they're expired. So even if I wanted to download them, I can't. Um, and that's the thing with having a Kobo and Netgalley, because like you have to have Adobe Digital Editions you download the NetGalley, the PDF, you upload it to Adobe Digital Editions, and then you hook your Kobo up to your laptop or computer or whatever, and then you click and drag that file over to the Kobo, and then you can read it, and you have 54 days to read it. So that's why when I request a book on NetGalley, it takes me a lot <laughs> to want to read it because I have to do all of these steps. Uh, anyways, that is not the issue here. <laughs> Uh, what else do I have that is Canlit? I've got Murder Road by Simone St. James, uh, which the pub date is March 5th. So I have time to read it. It expires in, or the Net Galley Widget archives in April. So I'm good there. Uh, I always thought Mary Kubica was Canadian, but I recently learned that she's not. <laughs> let me see. Hold on. Let me go to my feedback. Nope. My not active section. Uh, where I can see 26 depressing declined requests. How sad. Including Anecdotes by Catherine Mockler. I was really looking forward to reading that, but then I got denied and I was so sad. <laughs> uh, but I still want to read the book anyways. I just, it's, I'm going to have to get it from Libby or something. Okay. So on here, this is also off the top of my head. So if I miss one on my neck alley, I apologize. Uh, we have, is the Book of Rain? by Thomas Wharton. Is he Canadian? That's a good question. Oh yeah, Writer's Trust. I see the sticker there. We're good. So I have that book. I have Chrysalis by Anuja Varghese, which I also have own a copy. So I can just read the physical book and then just uh, report my thoughts on that galley after. Uh, the Private Apartments by Idman Noor Omar, which I thought I had a physical copy of the book for some reason. So that's why I let this net galley widget expire but i think i confused it with the other book that was short long listed for the giller uh what was i confusing it with oh the rooftop garden so yeah i confused this book <laughs> with the rooftop garden because they're both blue and they both have like an apartment building on it <laughs> um but like this is red i see now and the other one uh, the rooftop garden is like blue. So that was my bad. Uh, but I'm still going to probably, again, borrow from Libby, the private apartments, uh, because it does sound good. Next up I have is Much Ado About Nada by Uzma Jalaluddin, which I did have, I borrowed it off of Libby, but I don't think I can reborrow it again because it shows like that the file has already been downloaded. It's very strange. Maybe NetGalley, or not NetGalley, maybe... Kobo has updated that but if you let your 
Libby hold or whatever expire on your Kobo, you can't read it again until like unless you buy it basically. Because when you borrow it again from Libby, it just loads up as a Kobo preview. So annoying. Uh, next up is Nothing Good Happens in Wazirabad on Wednesday by Jamaluddin Aram, which I have a physical arc of. Uh, so yeah. Next up, Daughter by Claudia Day, which I almost bought, but then I'm like, am I really going to read this hardcover? Uh, and then I decided no. So then that's when I bought The Whispers by Ashley O'Jane instead. Uh, I also have Do You Remember Being Born by Shawn Michaels. And the last NetGalley Hamlet book, I believe, is Roar by Shelley Thompson. Uh, this is published. It's archived now, so I'm going to have to borrow it off of Libby. <laughs> uh who published this oh nimbus oh that's cool okay so like that's why i do like to uh request and find canlit on netgalley because like canlit is always short you know what i mean so like it's not like it'll take like two maybe three days max to kind of read these books uh so yeah that's my plan <laughs> uh for the next little while because you know i've i'm lacking on the the netgalley aspect let me see what is my What's my dashboard looking like today? Can I just say how hard it is to find Canadian authors? Because, like, they never have, like, an about the author section on NetGalley. So, like, you can't see, like, that last line in everyone's bio of where they live. You know what I mean? So, like, it's just kind of a little bit hard <laughs> to find Canadian authors on here. Unless, like, you, again, specifically look at the Canadian publishers list. But who's got the time for that all the time? I just want to scroll and see Canadian or like even at Indigo has a little Canadian flag on it. And just like, okay, Canada. Great. I can remember this book. Anyway, so my feedback ratio right now is 56%. So not bad. Shout out to the Dundurn books. Because like I always, because I obviously have myself auto approved for those. And when I've read them, I just like request, like get them. And then I just like leave a 100 character review because those reviews go to me anyway. So it's not like <laughs> it matters. Uh, so yeah. Anyway, so that's my strategy on NetGalley for the next little bit. That plus, of course, book of the month books. And then we're going to be at the end of the year and who knows what's going to happen. Anyways, I feel like this episode has gone on way longer than I intended it to. So thank you for listening to me and for going on that NetGalley journey with me. Um, I hope you have a great November. I really am looking forward to next episode. I kind of want to read and compare three holiday romances by Canadian authors. So that's also my reading plans for the next little bit. I feel like I have so much reading plans, but like obviously not enough time. You know what? Work gets in the way of reading. Like if I didn't have to work <laughs> eight hours a day, um, and if I was, or if I was even able to like mentally retain audiobook information because like I haven't reached that level yet shout out to everyone who listens to audiobooks because like you are your own person like you deserve a round of applause honestly because that is a skill that I do not have um but yeah like I can't listen to audiobooks during work I can't read during work because I'm way too busy <laughs> so yeah I wish that I do have big reading plans but I do really want to work on that holiday romance idea for next episode um, so stay tuned for that. I'm very excited. You will know the titles. I'm sure if you look at any website listing, but like I'm sure you can figure it out. But 
I'm not going to tell you the titles because I feel like that spoils the fun. But if you want to figure it out, go for it. You are free to do so. <laughs> uh, but other than that, I will see you for my next episode. And again, if you have any thoughts, ideas, um, desires for me to review books or what I should read next, my DMs are always open. You can find the podcast at Get Canlit Podcast on Instagram, um, or you can find me at Reading Marie on Instagram. So go for it. I'm always open to suggestions, thoughts, ideas, everything. Um, but yeah, other than that, have a, have a great November. Keep reading Canlit. And yeah, see you for my next episode. Thanks for listening to the Get Canlit podcast, a show that's all about what Canadian authors you need to read next. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow on your favorite platform and watch out for new episodes every other Tuesday. You can find me on social media at Get Canlit Podcast on Instagram and Facebook and at Get Canlit Pod on Twitter. Thank you and I'll see you next time.